Hey, welcome to the Living the Dream podcast. This is your host, Timmy Douglas, and the goal of this podcast is to create a community that inspires action, accountability, celebrates progress, and helps people make the right connections to take that next step towards their dreams and goals. If you're looking for any one-on-one coaching to pinpoint your purpose and start taking steps in that direction, make sure to contact me on my website, workwithtimmydouglas.com, or on social media. On that note, let's get into the show. All right, what's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Living the Dream. Today on the show, we have Victor Mosconi, who is a mindset coach focusing on imposter phenomenon. Victor, how you doing? Good. How's it going today? Going well, going well. Thanks for asking. And we're going to jump right in. So if you could start just by telling us a little bit about yourself and some of the stuff you like to do for fun, that'd be great. Um, okay. So, um, yep, I am Victor. I am a um, mindset coach focusing on imposter phenomenon. Um, and it's, how do I want to express it? It's like, um, helping basically people kind of overcoming their own self doubts, their um, own struggles with their own appreciation for themselves to kind of reframe their mindset to, um, then create a a mindset where they are more supported, self-supported and empowered to be able to then take the steps that they need to achieve their own desires and goals in their life that's the the general premise of it um a little bit more about myself i'm currently a phd candidate um, in psychology uh looking at the um, connections or the relationship between imposter phenomenon and help seeking intentions um uh, i've been a teacher uh before as well and teaching middle school coaching high school um i saw a lot of this mindset already forming in the kids at that point and it was one of those that really kind of hit where I started realizing that besides myself having it and experiencing it, that it's something that it can, why it can hit so young and then stay with them for such a long time. So I knew for myself, that was something that I wanted to go farther than just teaching. I wanted to take myself into new areas and be able to help in a, a different aspect and in a broader scope of helping um, adults that have struggled with this for so long and understanding where it starts from. Love it. Love it. What were some of the things that you saw kids doing while you were uh, teaching high school that kind of like were warning signs of like, this is imposter phenomenon? Um, some things were having the, this almost like fixed mindset where they always make mistakes or if we, um, if they would, do something wrong or if there was a group thing and like even with coaching and we lost it was like they took it all on themselves without realizing that as a group everybody plays a part and it wasn't you but this was like this part of it where it was like doesn't matter about anybody else it was my fault i had it it was me i shouldn't have done that because it ruined everything it's like that's not it at all but that's part of being um somebody who experiences imposter phenomena is that no matter what else happens you take the responsibility on yourself and it all, you know, either succeeds or fails or actually more so fails on you. Um, and it was um, even with uh, um, projects in class or tests, a student could get, let's say, a 95%, which is a strong A. And all of a sudden they're like, oh, yeah, but I didn't do this well. I should have gotten that. I'm not going to do well. It's going to affect my other grades. It's like you, you got an A. And they're like. Yeah, but, and all of a sudden they jumped into the negatives. I'm thinking, whoa, okay. It's like, this is just for one 
assignment, one test. And yet, instead of seeing all the positives and the growth and what you've done for it, all you see are the negatives. I thought, okay, that's a harsh thing because that really applied to everything else that they did. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. I definitely know a lot of people who struggle with that. And I still struggle with that to this day myself. So <laughs> um, it's a very, very deep issue. And I'm glad that you're working on it so much. So tell us a little bit about what you're doing for fun nowadays. For fun. Um, let's see in this crazy day and age. Um, well, I get out, I am, I work, walk out, walk in the mornings and the evenings. Um, I get a lot of chance to spend time with my daughter. Um, and then she likes to play volleyball. So we get out and get to practice volleyball and um, work with her when the season starts coming up too. So that's something that I get a chance to do. Uh, beyond that, some of the more like just kind of calmer things. I enjoy reading and watching the movies too. Awesome. Awesome. I love that. I have recently picked up volleyball as a hobby. Ah. It is so, I play sand volleyball every mm -hmm. Saturday morning and it is so fun. <laughs> like so fun. So it is. Props to you and your daughter. Awesome. Um, on, your, on your sand volleyball team, how many people are on the team? Is it just two player team, a four player, or six? Uh, so. It's kind of just, it's on meetup.com. It's a really casual, like anybody can show up. So based on who shows up, we might play threes, fours, oh. fives, or sixes. And then there are two courts. So sometimes there are sixes going on both courts, or maybe there's only fours going on one court. Just to oh, that's great. Yeah, which, you know, as I've gotten better, it makes it a little like, if people, if new people come and they can't like set, you know, <laughs> it kind of, it like makes it a little bit more irritating. But um it is what it is. It's just a fun time. So it does. And that's when you start to realize that, wow, the setter position is really important because you want somebody who knows how to touch the ball and set that ball and get that ball where just right where you need it. Oh my gosh. It's crazy how important that position is. <laughs> um, yeah, but awesome. Let's jump into your motivation a little bit. Tell us about kind of what keeps you going from day to day and just moving. Um, what keeps me going from day to day is a lot on my goal is to want to be help other people. Um, the fact that I know it's, for instance, imposter phenomenon is so rampant out there. And yes, going back to it, it's like, if you read studies, it'll tell you that 80% of the people will experience this in their lifetime. Most of them are going to experience it just in an aspect of when they change a new job, get a new opportunity, that's going to hit. But usually after several weeks to a couple months, everything kind of calms down and you feel good about what you're doing. I got confidence. I can do this. No problem. But there are those others that basically have felt this all their life. And that motivation for me is knowing that it's totally out there. Those people really feel it. And, and it's so ingrained into their own mindset that I want to help them be able to succeed and achieve the goals that they want to. Um, intertwined with that, my other personal motivation is I want to be able to build up something for my own future and even my daughter so she can really kind of just know that there's other possibilities out there and there's you know um, ways that she can even see how she can develop and build her own direction in her own life as she gets older. So it's like that's a double thought of me wanting to help others and me wanting to improve my own life for you know being able to show my daughter too. Yeah, yeah, I love that. I love that. There's this podcast by Austin Linney. It's the Construct Your Life podcast, and he talks about exactly that like building something and building your ideal life and you know for a lot of people like in my head right now honestly I'm kind of laser focused on like financial freedom 
but I know, I know just from like reading a lot of success books that that's going to come back to like, there are other areas of your life you need to focus on. And so mm -hmm. it's like kind of constructing your whole life, building that whole, um, ideal lifestyle out is something that's really cool. So. Oh yeah, definitely. And it's, and it's good to, you know, even as you're saying you're working on your financial freedom to like focus on that for a time and then shift into other parts of it. So this way you basically are building an entire life that you want and desire. Exactly. Exactly. And so, yeah, that's really awesome. I love that. I love that. So now we're going to jump into your dreams and goals. So tell us a little bit about your vision for your coaching business, um, imposter phenomenon across the world in general, and just your life. Um, okay. So, um, dreams and goals for that would be definitely, you know, building a thriving coaching practice. That's going to be, you know, guiding other entrepreneurs and leaders, um, in their growth, um, of self-acceptance of self-confidence of knowing that they can actually accomplish whatever goals and desires they have. It doesn't mean wiping out imposter phenomenon because honestly, when you have it and it's been ingrained in your life so long, it's always going to be there and it will always come back. But it's then having more of like that growth mindset of knowing that I can still actually accomplish what I need to. I can overcome this. I just need to get my mind and, you know, reframe those thoughts when they pop up. So that's, that's a big part of it. Um, connecting with that. Um, I definitely want to be able to, um, set things up and move myself forward where um, I will actually go on a TED talk and be able to present information of this nature and be able to set things up. So this way that word, my, my vision and ideas for helping others can get out in a bigger way. Um, completing my PhD definitely is the next step too, because that's what I'm currently working on with my um, dissertation. Um, so I want to be able to finish that off and then use that knowledge and be able to apply what I'm learning from that um, in my practice too. And on a personal level, just get a chance to do more traveling. You know, once things kind of calm down a little bit more, definitely. But then, you know, with better finances, be able to just travel a lot all over the world um, for just total enjoyment and also helping others. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I love that. I love that. And so you got thriving coaching practice, helping entrepreneurs like embrace that kind of growth mindset. Mm -hmm. on a TED talk, completing your PhD, doing more traveling. Do you know what it takes to like get on a TED talk? Like the steps, can you walk us through? Um, I know, don't know enough yet. What I do know is you've got to go through an application process. Um, and then it's, I believe there's, uh, shoot, no, I don't know if I'm positive on this, that there's a sponsor that needs to help like get a word in for you or to, you know, um, um, almost like a reference or something. Um, but um, I know there is an application process and yet they also will then decide depending on what the topic is or what that focus of the TED talk is will depend on whether they bring you in for that one or not. Um, I've known a couple people who have done them and they said it's great experience. And when the opportunity comes up, yeah, you definitely should go for it. So it's a matter of just, uh, I, there's none of them that are out near me yet. So I'm kind of keeping my eye open. And then once it gets closer, I'm going to find out what I have to do. Definitely. Oh, gosh. It, dude. I guess it like travels and you want it to like kind of be local to you coming to your like spot. Yeah. Well, I know it kind of, yeah, I guess it travels because I know they'll pop up in different areas. I think it depends on what's going on or who's organizing them. So I figure if I can 
at least right now, um, have some, um, have one that pops up closer to me, definitely. Uh, you know, again, once things kind of ease up a little bit and travel's okay, it's like, depending on where it's located, hey, oh, I will go there. It doesn't matter. I will fly to wherever I can go. And now I'm good with that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I love that. Well, tell us a little bit more about your journey with imposter phenomenon and kind of what got you to take the first step towards getting out of it and then helping other people. Okay, so that goes a little deeper. And um, in my own personal life, I was, um, for the most part, I'd always kind of had a lot of aspects of self-doubt in my, for me, where I never felt I was good enough. I didn't feel like I could ever really truly accomplish what I wanted to. It was out there. I would strive for it. But whenever mistakes would occur, I figured, yep, see, this is just totally normal. I'm never going to be able to do it. It's always going to happen. Um, and even when I'm working with other people, I always felt that they were better than myself. And no matter what I did, I could not get to that point. And it started to become a bigger, bigger issue. And even in my marriage at the time, it affected my marriage too. that mindset to the point where things were just completely breaking down in my marriage. And I ended up going to therapy. So going to therapy and talking with my therapist at the time, we were going through things and realized that based on events or experiences in my, in, in my youth, it kind of set this mindset up. Um, and she didn't mention anything about imposter phenomena at that point, but it was more of these concepts about it where, for instance, when um, I was younger, my family and I, let's say we're going to a friend's house. Well, if we go to the friend's house, it's that idea that, okay, well, we're going to go to their house. If the kids want to play with whatever toys, watch whatever shows, let them because we're going to be guests at their house and it's their house. Okay, cool. No problem. I get it. Maybe next week, a week later, whatever it might be. So we have other family friends coming to our house. And the mindset was how it was presented to me. Hey, we have guests coming over. You're going to let them, you know, if they want to play with whatever they want to, you know, let them, um, if they want to watch something, that's fine. Let them watch whatever they want. You can watch or play with whatever you want to when they leave. I was like, okay, cool. Again, didn't think about it. Just went along with it. Well, looking back over time, months, years of having this kind of presented, it became this mindset of like, oh, they're better than I am they get the treatment. So it's like always, cause even if it was at their house or our house, that's the way it would go. And it would also trickle into other things. It's like, you know, listening to their car radio, you know, if we're in their car, well, it's their car, let them listen to whatever they want to. If we're picking somebody up or taking somebody with us, oh, they get to listen to what they want to because they're guests. So again, it had me thinking, oh, I'm second to everybody else. And again, as a kid, you know, didn't even think about it, but over time it grew and it became a bigger and bigger issue where I saw myself second to everybody else, which then translated into everybody else being better than myself. And that meant I was never good enough. So as I was starting to understand this better from just the therapy and realizing where this comes from, and again, wasn't like my parents did this on purpose. It was them, you know, thinking on how to not so much accommodate, but you know, be good hosts basically, or guests for others. And as I was going through this, and then I was also going through some of my own research with my PhD, or actually it was with my master's at the time, sorry. Um, I started to do some other connections and realized, oh, this is what it's called, imposter phenomenon. Oh, yeah, this is me in so many different levels where when it comes to achievements, I just dismiss my achievements. 
you know, I could achieve something, but I, well, I just got lucky or yeah, I know I did it. It was a lot of work, but really it wasn't a lot of work. Anybody could do it. So again, I'm downplaying my own skills, my own abilities. Um, I'm in my job teaching at the time, and I'm still looking at others thinking they're better than I am. A new hire could come, come in and I'm thinking, oh, wow, they're already better than I am. They've got the latest knowledge from whatever schools they went to. They've got this different energy. I'm sure they're going to do much better than me. So I was always discounting myself. I was always dismissing my own abilities. And as this kept going, I just started to realize how bad this had gotten and how intertwined my mindset had become with this. So once I realized it, and I started going through then steps and strategies to, to improve my own mindset. Um, for myself, I realized that, okay, this is really huge where it's not just about your own confidence, but it's the belief within yourself. It's that self-appreciation and self-acceptance of who you are and what you're capable of. And it's also then taking out the comparisons of others because that was a big part of it too. I'm always looking at everybody else and comparing myself or putting myself against them in some fashion. And I had to totally wipe that out and focus on what are my qualities? What am I good at? What am I appreciative for myself? And start building that up. And once I started doing that and getting to that point, um, things started totally shifting and changing where I appreciate what I do now. I love who I am and the skills that I have. And it doesn't mean that I just stay where I am. It's me then going, okay, cool. I can do this, but I can also grow. And I'm going to want to keep improving myself and building on it for me, not because I need to be better than somebody else, or I need to compete with somebody else in a way. It's more about just my own natural growth of wanting to continue to become a better person, basically. So it was this journey of several years. I mean, it's been a lifetime journey in one way of just going through and experiencing all of this. But then once I understood it, going through and learning how to reframe my thoughts and redirect my own focus of what I'm doing and how I'm doing it. And really just coming to that point of appreciating who I am and what I do. And it's made a big difference in my own life where I now have moved from teaching and I am starting, you know, I've got my own practice going. I'm working on developing other um, projects as well, where before I may have wanted to, but would have been hesitant, may have actually talked myself out of it, may have thought, okay, yeah, but you know, everybody else is out there. They've already are doing stuff. They're going to be better than I am. I'm not going to be able to have any impact. Uh, you know what? I'll, I guess I'll just stay where I am and just kind of slowly work it. Now it's like, okay all right, this is going to be a challenge. This is going to be tough. And I don't know fully what I'm doing, but all right, let's just try this out and learning from my mistakes and then kind of keep taking those steps forward. Awesome. Awesome. I love that. I feel like everybody listening is kind of on the edge of their seat wondering this one thing right now. And that is what are some of those strategies that you use to kind of turn imposter phenomenon around? Um, that is there's like several different things you can do. And one of them, of course, is definitely stop comparing yourself to anybody else because easily, especially with social media, we can look at social media and when we'll see something and it's like that thought of like, why do they have it in this fashion? Or 
why does it seem like they've got it all pulled together and I'm not there and I don't, or it's like, it's not the same for me. And you have to stop doing that first off. It's like, just, you know, you can look at them and go, Ooh, I like that idea. Oh, that's really cool for them, but not compare it, compare it to yourself. The next thing is start looking at what are your, what are your qualities? What are you good at? And again, not in comparison to somebody else, not going, okay, yeah, but they do it better. That's never it. You just start going through and saying, okay, you know what? I can, I do this well. I actually, you know, I communicate well to others. I can write up information and present it well. It's like, whatever it might be, start looking at those qualities. The other thing too, is looking at your past achievements and seeing what, okay, what have I achieved in my life? And Again, I know, especially when you're struggling with imposter phenomenon, sometimes that thought pops up going, yeah, well, I haven't really done much. No, don't discount anything at this point. Start literally going through everything that you've accomplished in your life, small and big. But with that, the next step then is looking at all that time, effort, work, knowledge, skills that you put into achieving it. Because that's one of the things that we often dismiss. We'll look at the achievement and go, okay, yeah, I did it. And then move on without realizing all the effort. And you have to be able to see that because when you start to see it, then you start realizing, oh, oh yeah. I mean, because I had to put all that work and time into it. I had to put that knowledge in. Oh, those are some of my skills. And maybe you start realizing certain things you didn't realize before on your skills. And you start seeing that and putting it towards that. Even when it comes to ourselves physically, we will often discount ourselves. We compare ourselves to others, especially with the posture phenomenon. Again, it's part of that I'm not good enough you have to actually look in the mirror and look at something about yourself and go, okay, instead of looking at it and going, okay, I, I don't like anything about me. I, you know, it's like, this is why I try to hide myself. This is why I try to like distract people. It's like, look at something and go, okay, so what do I like about me today physically? And it could be something simple. It could be like, you know, I like the color of my eyes. Cool. Stop it with that. Don't go any further. Appreciate your eyes for the day. And then the next day, pick something else. And, you know, maybe it's, I don't know, maybe it's the color of your skin for the day. Maybe it's the feeling of your skin for the day, whatever it could be, but pick that one thing. And again, you're not looking at anything else to discount it. You're just looking at it and appreciating it. And it starts to build this appreciation. You start appreciating your qualities. You appreciate who you are, what you can do and your own self. And that's these are some things that you can start doing. But again, you can't just do it once. You can't sit and go, okay, these are, you know, these are my accomplishments and I really, you know, this is what I did to put in. Okay, good. I'm all over this imposter phenomenon. I'm good now because you may feel great for a day or two, but something else will pop up and it's going to send you right back on, oh no, I couldn't do that. I guess I just made that stuff up. Like, no, go back to it and relook at what you've written. Relook at what your accomplishments and your reasons are. Rethink how you're going, how you've actually achieved these things. Gotcha. I love that. I love that. I guess one follow-up question. I'm thinking of the person who's like, you know, they struggle with imposter phenomenon so much. They're like, well, I can't be consistent with that. I can't do this. I can't do that. I can't appreciate myself. And so they never even get to the point where they're looking in the mirror. Like, what do you say to that person? Um, consistency is hard at first. Because yes, your negative thoughts, your imposter thoughts are much stronger and bigger. And it's something you just have to start taking those steps. You have to look at yourself and go, I can do it. Even if it's like, okay, I'm going to write this down and I'm going to write myself a note. I'm going to write myself up 
this is like, this will be my thing that I will do every morning. Because again, consistency is hard and just trying to think of it is the most difficult thing because you'll find a way out of it. But if you start putting it into place and into action, I mean, if you're able to get up every morning and work out, for instance, or you get up and you take a shower every morning, you can do that. You can at least come up with one thing every day. And that might be it. Maybe it's the thought of like even being scared of like trying to think of all these things. I can't do it. Okay. So start writing a list and every morning you're going to get up and you're going to write one thing down. That way you don't feel overwhelmed. You don't feel like, okay, there's way too many. I can't sit down and do this. Uh, you know, having two thoughts or even like you said, consistency, because how am I going to think of this stuff every single day? Well, start small and look at one thing and add to it every day. And this way it slowly builds and it will help to create a consistent flow as well, because you won't feel overwhelmed by having to do a whole lot or rethinking everything, but you get to build it up. But here's the other part with it, because it's going to seem so small and your negative and my imposter thoughts are so big, you're going to feel like, oh, this isn't making any difference. You have to just keep at it and realize, okay, you know, this is rough. I don't feel like there's any difference. All I still feel is I'm not good enough. But if I keep writing this each day and then reflecting on it, it's going to grow. And that's all you can do is just keep working at it. And eventually, even after it's a couple of weeks of doing it, you might start to realize even in small ways, like, oh, yeah, I can do that. Oh, look at that. I did look at what I've written even. Look at that. And wow, it's like, look, I, I wrote all of this down and these are all my accomplishments. And this is all you know, my skills and my abilities that went into those you'll be able to reflect on it and see it. And that's something that's really important. Instead of just sitting and thinking about it mentally, writing them down really helps because it gives you a visual. And you really, like, materialistically, we see it then. And it's like, wow, okay, I didn't realize I had that many accomplishments. I didn't realize I put all that effort into it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I love that. I love that. Well, awesome. If there was one or two type of people, or maybe you have a few names in mind that would help you take the next step towards any of those four goals and dreams that you mentioned earlier, who would that person be and how would they do it? Um, well, one person right now is my own personal business coach. He's helping me to push myself farther. He's helping me to actually get um, my my knowledge, my words, my information out there. So that's been a big help definitely already for me because um, I've been able to learn from him and um, be able to take those steps in a bigger ways to get myself out there, connecting with other people, which has been really great. Um, another though, is that it's not really a specific person, but literally anybody who would, for instance, listen to this podcast, if they hear it and they go, oh, this is really cool, but it's not really for me because you don't really struggle with imposter phenomenon or it's something that it's more on the lower end for you. Well, if you know of somebody who does, you know somebody who this information could benefit to have them listen to it, to send them to you know my website, for instance, or something of that nature, where this way it's getting the word out because I find that sometimes it's not really just one particular person, but it could be people indirectly who come across information and go, oh, this is really cool. I know somebody who would be interested and it helps in ways that even I can't, you know, I can't do on my own, but they can help in, you know, just spreading the word and the knowledge and the information that um, I could be a benefit and service to them. 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So just spreading your kind of message about imposter phenomenon, and then you have your business coach helping you very directly. Yes. And so, you know, everyday people hearing this, what's the most effective way for them to like spread your message and kind of get your message consistently? Um, they can go to my website, uh, Victor Moss, um, that's MOS.com. Um, they can also go to um, my Instagram, which is um, Doc, D-O-C, Moss, M-O-S, inspired. And it's, I post, um, I post different little short videos um, on my Instagram um, a couple times a week where it's things that connect in with imposter phenomenon. It gives usually a breakdown of some of the experiences and some of the strategies as well. So if they're looking for some just direct short information, they can always find it there. There's always ways to contact me too. So it's easy to find the information. Same thing with my website. I have a variety of different information on there. Um, I have a blog where I'm writing um, and I'm going to post some stuff this week on it, where I've got information that goes about my experiences, connecting with strategies and, um, in, you know, anything of that nature, it makes it really simple and direct for them to read more, connect more, and even message me if they wish to. Awesome. Awesome. I love that. And now we're going to jump into our thriving three. And so I just love to hear about how people thrive. The first question is, what's your favorite book, movie, or podcast? Pick one. Ooh. Um, okay, so I'm going to stick with the book. Um, so if I'm looking at a classic book, my favorite classic book is The Three Musketeers. And um, I love that one from a kid's and since I was a kid, and the whole idea really was that, I mean, even if you look at it since today, it's like, yes, the, the basic ideals of, or the ideals of the people don't really, you know, connect in the same way, because they were very, you know, um, I'm going to say energetic, but that's really, I mean, they were, but it was like the different time. It's like, you know, the, the way they treated other people wasn't always the best, but the idea of the three musketeers themselves directly is that they would fight against injustice. And even when things were going wrong, they were the ones making sure that they were protecting the people, they were doing what was right and trying to do everything they could to help others. And that ideal has always stuck with me. Um, and this, the adventure of it itself just has always been a part of it. So I've always loved that aspect. I love it. I love it. And what's one way you like to take care of yourself? Uh, one way that I like to take care of myself is um, after long days and, and stress, um, either go for a walk or even go down to the beach and go for a walk because it gives me a chance to kind of clear my head. It's like I hear the ocean sounds. I could be listening to music and whatever I've been working on, going through, discussing with people, talking with, you know, helping others. I, it gives me a chance to kind of step away from it all and just kind of let my thoughts kind of calm down, clear my own mind and just be in a different environment. And it helps a lot of just kind of re-energizing me at the same time. So it's always a good thing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I love that. And what's one action step that you can take right now to either get on that TED Talk, do more traveling or continue building your thriving coaching business? Uh, one step right now is definitely saying yes to new opportunities because as it gets me connected to more people, um, I get a chance to learn more and build up my own experiences and knowledge base um, beyond just with imposter phenomena, which I'm doing, but knowledge base on how to build up other opportunities and getting myself closer to 
um, being able to travel and meeting more people and having that opportunity to actually sign up and get myself on TED Talk because I will be able to then express all the great um, experiences that I've had and how it's helped me grow to who I am today. Awesome. Awesome. I love that. And so I guess my last question for you before we sign off is, are there any correlations or any studies that talk about imposter phenomenon and neuroplasticity? Um, well, I haven't seen ones that actually talk about it with neuroplasticity in that terminology. Um, not yet anyways. However, I do know that in regards to that, when they often refer to it, they'll talk about how it's connected with growth, um, like a growth mindset. So when you have a fixed mindset, everything is very rigid. It's either, you know, for instance, you look at yourself as this is who I am. This is who I'm ever always going to be. I, you know, the knowledge, the intelligence that I had when I was born as, as far as it's going to go for me, yet a growth mindset is more about being agile. You're always shifting. You realize, okay, I come up with a challenge, but I can grow and learn from it. I can change how I view things. I can see things in a new way and know that I can build from there. doesn't mean you're perfect. It doesn't mean you're always going to do everything right, but it means you have that ability to kind of shift the way you think. You have that ability to grow and develop new ideas and expand on who you are. So it's definitely something where um, when you experience near, um, imposter phenomenon, you are constantly, well, I can't say constantly, but often more um, um, narrow focus, rigid in your thinking and abilities, but to break out of it is where you have to be able to push yourself to um, um, hit more of, let's say that growth mindset, that neuroplasticity. So there's more flexibility going to it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. I love that. Well, awesome. Is there anything else you want to chat about before we sign off? Um, no, I mean, the only thing I, I guess I could add to this as well is that um, I'm developing a podcast of my own, um, looking at um, uh, being authentically imperfect and its connection with imposter phenomenon and understanding that the best way to actually live your own life is being true to yourself, which is what many people who've struggle with imposter phenomenon don't do. And to realize that, you know, it's okay to be imperfect because you're often struggling with being perfect. You have to be the best to extreme. And it's like, no, be yourself, learn from the mistakes, but taking that idea and applying it to many different aspects in life and in regards to leadership as well too. So that's something that I'm working on. I'm hoping by the end of this month, I will have it up and running. Awesome. Love that. We will definitely be expecting it by the end of this month. And that is the end of November 2021 for you guys. So by the time this episode airs, you should be able to go listen to his podcast. Awesome. Sounds good, Victor. Well, guys, thanks for listening. If you were listening to this podcast and you loved what Victor had to say, or you heard any of his dreams and goals, and you're like, I can help him with that, or I want to know more about that, make sure to connect with Victor. It's victormos.com. And Doc Moss Inspired is his Instagram handle. All that will be in the show notes. Victor, thank you so much for being on the show. Last thing we ask everybody to do, send this episode to somebody that you think needs it. And, um, you know, just talk to them about it, but then also connect them to Victor and give them those same resources. Finally, leave us a five-star review on iTunes and we're out.
Thank you very much. Guys, thanks for listening. Make sure to reach out to our guests and help them accomplish their dreams and goals if you resonated with them. If you're looking for any intentional masterminds or one-on-one coaching to accomplish your dreams and goals, make sure to check out the website, workwithtimmydouglas.com and contact me either there or on social media. That's all I got. Have a blessed day.